This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. I want to go over all of the matchups uh, that we didn't go over in yesterday's podcast to the rest of the seven matchups uh, for week six. Uh, I do want to go over all the injuries. I am recording this on Friday afternoon uh, Eastern time. So, you know, we do have some clarity for some of these injuries. So I'm going to go down all the injuries first before I get into the games. Uh, the Bengals have come out and said that Joe Mixon is going to get his full workload this week, so start him as an RB1 in a great matchup against the Lions. Uh, Dalvin Cook, he's off the injury report, so I'm starting him as a high-end RB1. Julio Jones, he's back this week. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, for me against the Bills. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he looks to be out after not practicing on Friday. Hopefully there wasn't a setback involved here because he did get some limited practices in last week, and then on Wednesday of this week, but then he hasn't practiced at all since. He was downgraded, so that's not good. Uh, Nick Chubb, he's out this week with a calf injury. Kareem Hunt did practice today after not practicing on Wednesday and Thursday. So he's in. He's an RB1 play uh, with Nick Chubb out. In a deep league, Demetric Felton can be a desperate PPR running back. Terry McLaurin didn't practice on Friday. He's questionable with a hamstring injury. That's not good. If he's out, uh, by the way, Curtis Samuel's also out. Uh, Diami Brown can potentially get some targets, but you know that's hard to trust. Uh, maybe you know DFS a DFS uh, sort of play there. But in season long, I'm not sure if I do that unless you're desperate and you're in a deep league. Um, but Ricky Seals Jones will probably get all the opportunity he can handle this week. He was a solid play before this happened, and he's even more of a solid play if McLaurin can't go. Uh, Chris Carson didn't practice all week, um, well, and that's as of Thursday. So monitor his practice on Friday. Um, I, I wouldn't trust him, you know, even if he does play honestly. But you know, we'll get into that later. Um, monitor Damian Harris. He's been getting limited practices in. Uh, he did practice on fr- Friday, but I don't know if it was a full practice or not. Uh, if I were you and you want to stay updated, I would stay updated with my Instagram stories, and you'll know uh, what to do in that situation. If you if you don't know, I am on Instagram Instagram at Upperhand Fantasy. Um, now, Ramondre Stevenson would be the one-for-one replacement uh, for Damian Harris and his early down and goal line role uh, if Harris were to miss. Uh, Mike Williams didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday, so monitor his practice for Friday. Um, you know, like the guys who are on the West Coast, right? Like, we just don't know what their status is yet since I'm recording this, uh, again, at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Friday. Uh, so my Instagram stories, you know, will keep you updated, uh, you know, tonight or tomorrow morning. Tariq Hill was back at practice today, but no word on whether it was a full or limited. They didn't expect him to miss a game, so it's possible he's good to go. He didn't practice this week at all, but getting that practice in on Friday is a good sign. And again, I'll update you and keep you updated on Instagram. 
Uh, Allen Robinson didn't practice as of Thursday, so I'll be monitoring whether he plays on Friday or not. Now, if he's out, Darnell Mooney wouldn't get an upgrade because of the targets, you know, potentially being funneled in his direction uh, in a decent matchup, you know, against the Packers without Jair Alexander. Daniel Jones set to play this week after getting a full practice in on Friday. Um, he's set to clear the concussion protocol, so that offense gets the boost that it needs. Um, it looks like Kenny Galladay is out. Don't have word on the, the other Giants wide receivers just yet. Um, I'll update you on my Instagram story later. All those guys got limited practice, practices in this week, so they should be good to go. I'm talking about Kadarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, and Darius Slayton. All right, let's get right into the first matchup for today. Uh, Bengals at Lions. Uh, the Bengals are favored by three and a half points, 48 and a half over under. Um, Joe Mixon, you know, he's in, you know, start him. Um, I, I would assume that he would get even more work in the passing game if Samaji Pirine, uh, you know, stays on the COVID list in this game. Chris Evans would be his backup, uh, but it's a really good matchup. Detroit, you know, they've actually done pretty well against wide receivers, but, you know, it's really, like, if you look at the numbers, but it's really because teams haven't had to pass a whole lot against the Lions. It's tough to sit these Bengals wide receivers, though, especially T. Higgins and Jamar Chase. Like, these guys will probably both be ranked as borderline wide receiver twos. Um, Tyler Boyd is a wide receiver three. Like, you know, you just can't be surprised if this is an overall slow-paced game. Um, and the Bengals, you know, their pace of play, you know, could start catching up with the efficiency of these wide receivers, you know, at, you know what they've shown over the first four or five games. And actually, it kind of played out last week, you know. Um, Joe Burrow, he's a high-end QB2, so he can be streamed. Uh, but again, he has to be efficient to get it done. Now, on the other side of the ball, uh, DeAndre Swift is an RB1. He's a must-start in PPR leagues. The Bengals have given up the third most catches to running backs over the first five weeks, and he is leading all running backs in the NFL in receptions. TJ Hawkinson, he's dealing with a knee injury, but he should play this week like he did last week. Um, he started out hot in weeks one and two, but you know he has you know fizzled out a little bit since. He's still a solid tight end one play because of the fact that he's the focal point of the passing offense outside of the running backs. Um, and he's still running a full complement of routes, so continue to start him. Amon Rossane Brown, you know, he might get an uptick in work or, or at least have his work, you know, be consistent from here on out, potentially. He, he, at least he's a candidate for that to happen because of the injury to Quintez Cephas. Um, you know, not, not the best matchup out of the slot for him, but something I'd pay attention to. Um, like, you know, who is going to be the guy, if anybody, um, in terms of wide receivers uh, to step up on this Lions offense. Okay, moving on to the Rams at the Giants. The Rams are favored by 10.5 points, 47.5 over under. Uh, Matt Stafford, solid QB1, good matchup. Uh, Daryl Henderson, solid RB1, has that every down roll. He should be in lineups every week as long as his role continues. The Giants are giving up the third most rushing yards to running backs, so this is a great matchup you know, for an already efficient running game. Cooper Cup, obviously in, you know, and obviously defenses are taking him into account a lot more now, but he's still a wide receiver one play. Robert Woods got the squeaky wheel treatment last week with a shit ton of targets. Hopefully it wasn't a one-time thing. He's a borderline wide receiver too right now. He has some room to become a solid wide receiver too, you know, once he sees some consistent work. The Giants have actually been, you know, very solid against slot wide receivers so far this year, and they've been more vulnerable on the perimeter. So Robert Woods does have that going for him this week. Tyler Higby is a low-end tight end one play. Uh, his util utilization isn't as good as it was early on in the year, uh, but he's on a good offense. This offense is efficient, you know, doesn't need to throw a ton. Um, so, you know, he's gonna be, he doesn't have a huge ceiling right now unless the targets start being funneled in his direction. 
Daniel Jones uh, looks like he's going to be playing. Um, so this offense should, uh, you know, this game could be more competitive than what Vegas, you know, is set to line initially, 10.5 points. Uh, but the injuries surrounding this offense, you know, is ridiculous. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, um, Kadarius Tony were all limited in practice this week. Uh, but it looks like they might play Kenny Galladay. Like I said, it looks like he's going to be out. Um, I doubt Jalen Ramsey chooses to shadow any of these guys, but my guess will be, you know, Kadarius, Tony, and Slayton on the outside with Sterling Shepard in the slot. That's kind of how I see this. Um, you know, I think I kind of look at both of these guys, Tony and Shepard, as wide receiver threes, and that's kind of how I would play it. Um, I'm not, like, overly concerned about the matchup itself, though. Devontae Booker, solid RB2 in Saquon Barkley's absence. He's going to get an every-down roll. Um... And that, you know, that itself makes most running backs high in RB2 plays at the very least. Um, so, you know, this isn't necessarily a matchup you stay away from. You know, if Daniel Jones plays, which he, it looks like he should, I, I'd have a lot more confidence in Booker than I would if, if Jones, you know, didn't play. Moving on to the Cardinals at the Browns. The Browns are favored by 2.5 points, 53 point over under. Um, Kyler Murray, he's a high end high in QB1 play every single week. He is dealing with a little bit of a, little bit of a shoulder injury, but he looks like he's going to be good to go. Chase Edmonds, you know, he was limited in practice on Thursday. Um, if he doesn't get a full practice in today on Friday, I would expect his touches to be limited like it was last week. Otherwise, you know, he's that solid PPR RB2 he's been all season. Cleveland has been really good against running backs this season, you know, so the matchup isn't amazing. Um, now, if Edmonds is limited, James Conner would be a decent flex start, you know, with some touchdown upside. But, you know, he didn't get as big of a workload I thought he would get last week, you know, with Edmonds banged up. Edmonds did see the field. They just kind of limited his touches last week. Um, DeAndre Hopkins didn't practice this week because of an illness, but he's uh, back in practice on Friday. He's in my lineup, um, you know, assuming that he does play. It looks like he will. Um, if he doesn't play, all the wide receivers get upgrades to top 40 options uh, because of the offense they're on. But it's an overall tough matchup. Rondell Moore did outsnap Christian Kirk last week for the first time, so we'll see if that becomes a trend. I'd say that Moore and Kirk are both boom bust flex options, uh, and AJ Green is a flex, you know, with not as much upside as the other two guys. I, I mentioned that you know Nick Chubb is not going to play this week. Kareem Hunt uh, gets elevated to an RB one. Demetric Felton, you know, is is some sort of a pass catching specialist for them. And in a PPR league, if you're in a deep deep league, I think Felton would be the guy. Um, if you're in a standard or half point PPR, you know, it's possible that you know Dernis Johnson gets some snaps here and there, but it, it most likely would be a Kareem Hunt Felton uh, backfield. Now, last week's target target share for OBJ was pretty much pathetic, and that, that needs to go up. He's hard to trust right now, and, and I don't think it's him, right? I don't think he's the reason. Um, they're just not getting the ball to him. He's a wide receiver play, you know, with upside because he can potentially get a high percentage of targets in more games than not because, you know, he's simply all they got, even though that upside is a little tough to see right now. Um, now, Jarvis Landry has been designated for return, but, uh, you know, that just opens up a 21-day window for him to be activated. I don't think he's going to be active this week. The Raiders at the Broncos. Broncos are favored by three points, 44.5 over under. Um, this is a tough matchup for Josh Jacobs. He'll likely continue to get as as you know get work, you know, as long as the game stays close. One positive for Jacobs over the last couple of weeks, besides him, you know, getting healthy, is he's been getting more involved in the passing game. 17% and 14% of targets over the last two weeks. That's good for a running back. Um, you know, almost all the rushing work. He he even had some two-minute snaps last week. So we've seen this before from Jacobs, though, like just the, you know, kind of level set here. You know, he had the passing work, you know, disappear into thin air in the past. 
but nine catches over the last two weeks, I'll take it. You know, and because of that, he's a low end RB two despite the tough matchup. Um, I, I can't, <clears throat> I really can't see any upside for Kenyon Drake on the Raiders, even if Josh Jacobs gets hurt. They have Peyton Barber for that Jacobs role, and now they even have Jalen Richard coming in for some passing plays too now, as we saw last week. So, so what's Drake doing, and what's his upside? I, I wouldn't mind, you know, if you drop him if you need the room. Um, it, it he honestly, honestly seems like dead weight to me at this point. Um, Hunter Renfro continues to get targets. He's at 22% target share for the year. I'm continuing to start him as a PPR flex uh, for that high floor. Um, you know, obviously keep starting Darren Waller. He hasn't been as hot, but he's still getting opportunity. You, you can't expect 19 targets every week like he got in week one. The Broncos have been solid against tight ends, but he's still at high end tight end one play. Um, as of right now, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams on the other side of the ball are still flex plays. Um, even with Gordon banged up over the last couple of weeks, he still has outsnapped Williams, had more rushing attempts than Williams, has more, has run more routes than Williams. Um, you know, but if you have if you have Javante, just just be patient with him. You know, treat him as that league winning stash. Um, you know, something will likely have to happen to Gordon for that upside to play out. But you know, it, it, I think you, you kind of want it's it's worth it to keep someone like Javante on your bench. Um, as far as these wide receivers go, Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, they've pretty much been splitting targets since Jerry Judy has been out. The targets, you know, aren't funneled to one particular receiver. It's kind of been distributed a little bit. Sutton is getting, you know, the more valuable targets and is being targeted downfield more. But he's a low-end wide receiver too right now. Patrick is a low-end wide receiver three. The Raiders have been good defending wide receivers though. They're giving up the fourth least fantasy points to wide receivers. So keep that in mind um, if these guys are in your lineup this week. Noah Fant, solid tight end one. He's running a ton of routes. Um, he's on, you know, on about ninety percent of Teddy's dropbacks now, mainly because of the Teddy of the, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, Albert O injury. Um, but you know, he's just not getting consistent target share. Thirteen percent in week three, jumped way up to twenty eight percent in week four, then just twelve percent in week five. But with the amount of routes he's running, he has a great shot of having a good week, um, and it's a solid matchup for him. Okay, let's move on to the Cowboys at the Patriots. The Cowboys are favored by four points, 49-point uh, implied total. Dak Prescott, you know, he's playing at a high level right now. He's a bit matchup-proof. Uh, we saw David Mills have a solid game against the Patriots last week, so not worried about the matchup for Dak. He's in. Uh, Zeke's on a roll. He's a high-end RB1 regardless of matchup right now. New England, you know, has defended wide receivers well, and CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper's ceilings haven't been, you know, sniffed since week one. But these blow-ups... Can happen any week. They're both in my lineups as solid wide receiver twos, um, you know. So I'm not really like overthinking their opportunity and and their um, and whether they should be in my lineups this week. Dalton Schultz has been doing his thing, uh, despite running routes on less than 70% of Dak's dropbacks. His targets per route run though has been over 30% in each of the last three weeks. It's like a like an Antonio Brown type of thing. But Dak is looking for him when he's on the field, and he's not forcing it to his stud wide receivers. He's a solid tight end one because of that. And even though you know, even though the route usage isn't ideal, you know this, and this is going to come crashing down at one point. By the way, so don't be surprised. But I am fine riding it, even if it doesn't fit it, fit within the models that we know work. Right? There are always outliers, and it's okay to chase them. Um, you know, if they're efficient. Just just be aware that it could come crashing down at any moment. 
Uh, Damian Harris, you know, he's he practiced on a limited basis, um, you know, this week, but we don't know for sure whether he's going to play this week with that rib injury. If he doesn't go, Ramondre Stevenson will be the early down back. Basically, the Damian Harris role, one for one replacement, or at least 80% of Harris's role. Brandon Bolden will be the passing down back, or that James White role. Um, can see him picking up five or six receptions this week if Dallas does go up in this game. Jacoby Myers' target share went down last week, but it seemed like just a blip went down to 18% when his share the two weeks prior was at 28% each of those weeks. Now, this dip in Myers' target share correlated with Hunter Henry's spike in target share, and it's possible that it flips back. So, yes, it was worth picking up Henry this week, you know, in case it does continue, but keep in mind that there's no guarantee that it does continue. Now, the difference in routes between Henry and Janu you know, was very significant this past week. And Henry did hit 70% this week in terms of routes per dropback. So I'm hoping that can increase even more so that we can truly depend on him or at least get that to be consistent. Now, it is possible that Trayvon Diggs misses this week. Uh, he's going to be a game-time decisions, decision. Diggs hardly defends the slot, so it wouldn't affect Myers a ton. But Diggs does affect that offense as a whole, so Myers will get an upgrade, even if it's not a one-to-one matchup. Now, the Cowboys have been very good against defending slot wide receivers. Matter of fact, they're the best in the NFL. So Myers will need volume to do his thing. I would say he's a wide receiver three this week. Seahawks at Steelers. The Steelers are favored by 4.5 points, 42.5 over under. Looks like a low-scoring game, according to Vegas. A lot of unknowns with the Seahawks offense without Russell Wilson. Geno Smith did have that really good drive that resulted in a DK Metcalf touchdown, so that showed some promise. Um, Tyler Lockett did fall on the interception that ended the game, so not necessarily Geno's fault there. Um, I'm not sitting DK. I'm not sitting Lockett. These guys are both, you know, wide receiver twos. Um, if you want to knock them down to low and wide receiver twos, that's fine, but this is a great matchup. The Steelers are giving up the third most fantasy points to wide receivers and the fourth most fantasy points to perimeter wide receivers. So I'm not sitting these guys. DK actually has a particularly good matchup on the left side against James Pierre, where he runs most of his, you know, most of his perimeter routes from now. Like I mentioned earlier, like even if Chris Carson plays this week and he hasn't practiced as of Thursday, so keep up to date with my Instagram stories to see if he does practice. But if he plays, I'm not sure I can trust him, right? I just have no idea what kind of workload he's going to get because he was sharing the load in the game, you know, before he was quote unquote officially hurt, right? Um, Alice Collins would be a flex play if Carson doesn't go. Tough matchup against the Steelers, and there are other backs involved here. Both Travis Homer and DJ Dallas were involved in passing situations last week. Now, keep an eye on Gerald Everett. He's back from COVID. Uh, his routes were going up before he got COVID, so monitor him if you need a tight end. Um, Najee Harris is in as a solid running back one. The Seahawks are giving up the second most rushing yards and the third most receiving yards to running backs in the NFL. Deontay Johnson's he's in as a high-end wide receiver too. Chase Claypool should get increased opportunity and simply just run more routes with Juju out for the season. So he gets bumped to a high-end wide receiver three for now with room to grow. Um, the Seahawks are giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last four weeks, so I wouldn't be surprised, you know, be worried uh, about the matchup for either of these guys. Okay, moving on to the last game that we're going to talk about: the Bills at the Titans, fifty-two and a half over under. The Titans, uh, the Bills are favored by three points here. 
Now, Josh Allen is a high-end QB1 regardless of the matchup. Um, this happens to be a good one. Stephon Diggs is a high-end wide receiver one. He'll run a lot of routes against Jack against the Jackrabbit, um, who's playing very well this year, but he'll also run away from him on most of his routes, um, whether it's on the left side or out of the slot, and that's where the Titans have been bad. They're giving up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers on the left perimeter and the second most wide receiver, uh, second most points to wide receivers running routes from the slot. And Emmanuel Sanders also happens to run a majority majority of his routes from those two spots as well. They just kind of do it interchangeably with Beasley mixing in on 11 personnel. Uh, but Sanders, you know, he's been getting it done on efficiency, and that's fine. Keep riding it. Uh, just don't expect consistency there. But he's a high-end uh, wide receiver three this week. Um you can start Zach Moss as a low-end RB2 with upside because he's on a good offense. And, you know, he did make enough strides last week in terms of snaps and routes run and all that to consider him because of the offense he's on. Um, he can be put in better positions than most running backs who are getting that type of, you know, relatively limited opportunity like he's getting. But, you know, it's just enough for him to be considered as an option. Um, and as far as the matchup, it's a neutral one. Derrick Henry, you know, he's obviously in your lineup as a high-end running back one. Um, you know, tough matchup, but it doesn't really matter. Julio Jones is back this week. Um, we might see Tredavious White shadow A.J. Brown. Um, you know, not sure he chooses the shadow this week, but we'll see. Um, but it's not a reason I'd be sitting A.J. Brown. I know Brown has been, you know, very disappointing this year, but he's going to come through at some point. I wouldn't be sitting him personally unless I have another great option. I'd be looking to buy uh, A.J. Brown uh, if I need a wide receiver. And Julio Jones, I would, I would play him as a low-end wide receiver to this week on Monday Night Football. Um, all right, guys. Well, you know, just keep it, keep in, uh, keep an eye out for my Instagram stories over the next, you know, 24, 48 hours before the game start. And, um, you know, if you have any last minute start sit decisions, you know, I do go live on my Instagram every Sunday, um, 11 a.m. Eastern time, which is two hours before kickoff. And then again at noon, um, Eastern time, you know, and, you know, for, for an hour basically until kickoff. So that I go, I go live two hours before kickoff for 30 minutes. And I, and then I go live one hour before kickoff for about 45 to an hour. Um, and you can ask your questions there and hopefully we get to it. So, um, we'll see you guys there. Thank you guys for listening. I really, really, really appreciate you guys for all the support and everything. So, um, so with that, enjoy the weekend. Uh, hope you guys get that W this week. Enjoy the, enjoy some football. Stay healthy and talk to you guys soon. See ya.